So the thing about coffee is, to me, there's a difference between your coffee at home and your coffee in the shop. True. I call them uh, the difference between what is fake and what is real. I think home coffee is a fake coffee. It's not real. Like, it is almost like it's like a practice. It's like when... Yo, you can talk. Absolutely. I didn't know if you were like being, you know, Mr. Intro. I've never been on this show before. Yeah, but I, I, I want to. Can I interrupt? This? Absolutely. Yeah, please. To, to wait, me. Wait, you know what a psychologist would say about you? What you just said? <laughs> Tell me. You say, at home, I'm fake, but when I go into the world. Wow. That's where okay. the real me okay. comes out. But, but, but we're golfers. So, like, you know, there's the driving range. That's fake golf. Then you go out and you play the game. To me, the coffee at home, it's just like, it's like, what's to come? It's like watching a trailer. <laughs> it's like, it's like I, wanna, I want the real thing. When I go to Blue Bottle, which I, this guy tried to bring him Blue Bottle and he wrote back the bottle that early in the morning. <laughs> and I was well, like. I know Chad. So <laughs> <laughs> I go, sir, to me, a, a coffee shop coffee, what is in it? What's the, you're the coffee connoisseur. This guy knows coffee. What's the difference? Uh, probably about $15,000 equipment compared to your $500, you know, whatever, or whatever coffee system you work. Now the good doctor has a great system. I'm sipping on a great Nespresso that is like as good as it gets. I think this is a Mercedes Benz of coffee, home coffee. Yeah, it is unbelievable, but as good as it is. That's not what Nate told me. No, oh, literally, no. literally, he's trashing my Nespresso. Okay, no, I just agreed with you. I just agree with you. I used to have one of those. He said, <laughs> I, I, I had to upgrade. No, he said that. It's true. I used it's to. true. It's yeah. true. It's true. I used to I, have I that little toy. With you, oh, you have the iPhone 10? I used to have the iPhone 10. Oh, yeah. that's cool. You have a plasma? I used to have a... I've got I, a projector now. I used to have an iPhone, Tim, but then I had Tim Cook just hang out with me all Yeah, time. yeah, Tim. <laughs> let me call him real fast. Yeah. No, but I, I really believe this, that the home coffee, it's just the starter. It's just beginning, but I can't wait for the real thing. Oh, Welcome, everybody, to episode number... 101 101 we just crossed the 100th episode celebration last week and we are here together you know it's like when when people introduce you and they go with my good friend I love, the good, I love the good. I love the good friend line. I was kind line. of like waiting for that in the back of my head. <laughs> yeah. Is it interesting? But, but you know, yeah. some people introduce me like you know my good friend, and I'm thinking we met an hour ago. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but you are. My good friend. Yeah, it's also like when they say, yeah, I want to talk about your book, because this book, I just asked them 10 minutes ago, they haven't read the book yet. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't mind that they haven't read That's it. That's fine, but, but just, like yeah. yeah. Do you get this often in your intros? You know, Dr. Cloud, he is a national and international speaker. They love to emphasize <laughs> that you've, you're not just domestic. Well, did they take math? Yeah, it's like Venn diagrams and stuff. Yeah. You know, if you got the international thing, you pretty much are national. The That's word, the word is actually in international. It's true. Yes, it's actually <laughs> in it makes sense. It makes sense. Uh, we are joined together today. We are actually. You're so kind to have us over to enjoy this incredibly fake cup of coffee <laughs> at your house. Fake cup. Well, wow. actually, it's, no, it's real fake for you because it was not at your home. Y- yes, That's it's, it's, it's fake. double fake. Yeah. That's a good yeah. point. It's double the fake, but. I'm here with the real 
Dr. Henry Cloud, yes. who is just, uh, for me, he's my swing doctor. He uh, He's helped you me. You might want to explain. Yes. Hold yeah, on. I will so say, there's been a couple instances where things are said, and we have to give some context. This is a golf term. Golf term. <laughs> I, I am not a golfer, and I was suddenly confused and shocked. <laughs> He is my maybe, golf swing. Maybe not doctor. as shocked as confused. <laughs> he is my golf swing doctor who helps me in my golf game. This is off to a tremendous start. Um, but uh, just has really meant a lot to me. And you've been so kind, so encouraging and inviting and welcoming. And uh, the last time I was here was just uh, the four of us with, you know, your wife and my wife hanging out and, just we just we we adore you obviously dr cloud you guys are everyone here is very well familiar but for those that are new on our podcast uh you have sold according to our friend the great kaleidoscope leader jason teagle 37 million copies jeez that's not true it's not no what what is a more accurate number? i think it's around 20 20 million yeah. copies jeez it, it, it as soon as you cross the one I had I'm, a very wealthy aunt and she bought all of them <laughs> I, my mom really just believes in my inventory work. somewhere <laughs> my mom really liked it when when you started let, i just want to ask you this real fast cuz you know just 20 million copies that's just such a staggering number um when you first got into the writing the book world did you ever anticipate it going that way? Like, could you tell from the beginning, like, oh, I think I've got a gift here of packaging? Because I always think, like, great, you know, uh, Lisa Turker, she says, if you work hard for your reader, they'll work hard for you. So books are that that thing where you read a book, and, it, like, I read Necessary Endings this last year. I bought it for our whole staff, mm. you know? So it's like you 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 read a book that changed your life. You got to pass it on. Did, could you tell early on when you were writing books? I, th I think that there's something good here. Not at all. Really? No, because, um, and I don't mean that in a disparaging way for people that are authors. I, I'm not an author. I mean, that's that's not what I do. I'm a practitioner. Ah. And, and people always ask me about, you know, writing books. And I say, well, you know, I spend 100 days a year in the war rooms with CEOs and leaders and teams and all of that. And, and what happens is the work writes the book. Mm. Wow. So I don't go sit on a rock and go, you know, what's the next? idea you know that I'm, I'm not it but when you're when you're in real situations over a lot of time what happens is mm. there are issues that emerge and I find myself say having the same conversation over and over and over right and when that happens I go you know what I better like get into this topic and mm. and and so <clears throat> I knew that what we were talking about was important mm. in all the books because I talked about it a lot with yeah. a lot of leaders. Sure. And I never really had thought of being a writer. And what happens, that's exactly what happened with my first book was um, I was working with, with some organizations and, and doing some, you know, off-sites and trainings. And, yeah. and they actually said, um, is this written down anywhere? Wow. <laughs> wow. And I said, no. <laughs> and they said... Well, we, we want to commission you to write a book. And I, I didn't know how to write a book. Hmm. I, I was in my 20s. Wow. And, and they said, we have to have this because we want to scale it through our organization around the world. And I said, well, where, I don't know where to start. And so they hired a consultant to 
locked me up in a room with, and mm. he helped me learn how to write a book. Wow. Very so cool. that's how it started. And the first book was what? Changes That Heal. Changes That Heal. That was before Boundaries. My favorite. Or, yeah, you, you've, re- you've read it. I have. Changes That Heal. By yeah. the way, well, I the tell... The second section of Changes That Heal was Boundaries. And so, wow. So we would go speak on Changes That Heal, and all the questions were about boundaries. And so we thought, you know what? Why don't we write a book on boundaries and then we'll never have to talk about that again. <laughs> you, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard me tell this story, but I've got a funny story I tell about you and changes that heal. Because I asked you this on the golf course one time, you know, about boundaries. And we're talking about boundaries and how much it's sold. And and you started telling me about the book before, Changes That Heal. And I asked you to tell the story. This Uh-oh. is so good. I said, and, and how did Changes That Heal go? You said to me, well, you know, first year... Started off slow. I go, oh, Dr. Cloud, what's slow? Oh, first year, 70,000. And so I always tell the story behind your back, and I always say, I wanted him to lay hands on me and just declare a slow year over my life. <laughs> Lord, Lord, give me a slow year. <laughs> slow 70. Just a 70. Yeah, just a, if you're into that sort of thing, 70,000. But I like that. I, I, I like that, um, you know, you just, go ahead. Well, <clears throat> It reminds me of a principle. You know, we, mm. were, we were talking earlier about, you know, some people um, want to be leaders, right? Yes. And I said, well, that phrase makes my hair catch on fire. Wow. <laughs> because a lot of times you see that when people don't know schmatz about anything, but they think they know everything <laughs> and they want to be leaders. Right. You know, and, and it's a narcissistic aspiration. Mm. And the best leaders are people that, they are so into what they're doing and they're producing that that things are happening and people want to follow them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Instead of some narcissistic kind of, I want to be a big deal. Yeah. And mm. so I, I think any field is like this. It's not, it's not right, ju- right, just right. writing that, that the, tr- the real value of stuff. I mean, yeah. look at Jay Leno. Yeah. He, I mean, he still goes out and does stand up in front of really small groups because right. he can't not do it. That's what constantly. He yeah, that's right. Yeah. And you, do you find that with leaders? Like, it doesn't matter if they're ordering food or at the golf course. Leader, a leader, just it's who they are. It's not something they're aspiring to be. Do you I, notice that? I aspire to order food lots. <laughs> <laughs> I have that dream many times. But I feel like sometimes I go to a restaurant and I'm like, gosh, this guy's a leader. Look at him, you know, just take take not not take it over, but you know, just the way that I I, I feel like it's it's just got to be naturally a part of who you are, not something like you said that you're aspiring yeah to well, do some, or become. Something in a leader creates presence, mm. Mm. and it's not like the leader goes in the restaurant and takes over, but. Because there are very, there are a lot of very, and there's a lot of research on this, mm. a ton of research. There's no one style leader, right? And the the celebrity, big deal, big personality, charisma, all that kind of stuff. Research doesn't really bear out that that's mm. what we're all after. Mm. But mm. the most humble leader, yes, right, may not be, you know, the big. You know, Carrie's voice in the room. Yeah, yeah the whole restaurant yeah. goes, oh, there's, you know. But when they're present, they can be quiet and their presence is loud. 
Jeez. Right. You know you're dealing with a force, and hopefully a good force. But uh, hopefully, yeah, hopefully a good force. they bring to the party that makes people's system come alive. Mm. Right, right. And as a psychologist who, who works with leaders, in fact, that's what the new book's about, that <clears throat> you've got to lead in a way that makes the human system come alive and move towards you. Mm. Because if you don't have that, you're not leading anybody. Wow. And it all begins with trust. That's it. I, w- I want to get into it. And, and we've talked about this before, but talk to me about the genesis of, of this new book, this new project. I can't wait to, to, to read and dive into it. Obviously, I think leadership is you're either, you're either gaining trust or you're losing it. And I've, I've, I've kind of always thought about trust as this that's thing true. that's very unspoken. No one ever walks up to me and goes, I trust you. <laughs> and and no one walks up to me and says I stop trusting you. It's 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 and such the a most untrustworthy people walk up to you and say I trust you. No, no, <laughs> oh. the most untrustworthy ones say what? Just trust me. Just trust me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but talk <laughs> to me about the 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 genesis. So you know, was this something that you saw continually appear, and that's how you got onto this? That you're having the same conversation with people about them losing trust or the, the, the exchange of trust? Where did this come from? Well, you know, you always get called in as a leadership consultant. Not always, but usually because there's some identified symptom, mm-hmm. right? right? And it might be morale is down or it might be our team needs to work together better or it might be we're losing market share, mm-hmm. you know, or transition. Uh, the or, board yeah, could cut, yeah. yeah. But generally, generally I don't get called because things are so awesome. we need help they're so awesome and so many times in that in those situations you know i began to see that there has been a breakdown in trust wow Mm. and even though nobody would would look across the table so i don't trust that guy in the way that they operate they aren't and i'm not talking about lying cheating and stealing i'm talking about a leader has got to be able to hand over the controls of the plane to somebody and not think about it. Mm, right. I mean, you will never scale anything mm. if you have to do everything. That's yeah. Right. And if you're not doing everything, by definition, you are trusting a lot of people to <laughs> yeah. do yeah. what you need to get done, and you don't want to be checking out on it all the time. Yep. Yes. That's so true. You're talking about reliability, <clears throat> dependability, trust in the forms of you what the, what you're entrusting to them, they're going to follow through with. It's going to happen. Like, ha- how many of you guys in the last 60 seconds have been sitting around obsessing right here while we're talking, your mind's somewhere else because you're worried about the money in your checking account? mm now you might be worried about how much is in there, but <laughs> <laughs> but you're not sitting there going, I wonder if Is it still there? It, did Wells Fargo <laughs> lose it? Did they knock wow. out the door? Did wow. they are they gonna take it? Mm. No. And what's happened is wow. you can be present doing what's more important for you to be doing because you can be careless mm. with the people you've entrusted stuff with. Right. I love the word in the book I talk about the goal is carelessness. Mm. Wow. I don't have to be guarding my back and looking over my yes. shoulder. I cannot worry about that because I know you got it. So good. that's so good, right? That's what Navy SEALs do. They know their buddies got it. They yeah. got their back. They got yep. the bad guy. They got it. Now mm. they can go do what they got to do. So it goes that direction. Mm. But the person you're depending on, Wells Fargo won't even take your money <laughs> until 
they've looked at is yeah. this real? Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And you know, how much do you have and can you follow through? And right. if we lend you money, are you, and so trust is basically the fuel of life. And here's mm. why, because wow. we can't do anything in life without trust. Mm. Anything. Wow. It's incredible. Jeez. I was sitting on an airplane when I was uh, um, working on this stuff and, a guy next to me says, so what, so what are you working on? I said, oh, I'm writing a book on trust or doing research on trust. And he goes, oh, well, I don't trust anybody. <laughs> I said, really? He said, no, <laughs> man. I, yeah. I learned a long time ago, you can't trust people. I, I only trust myself. Wow. And I said, well, I'm a psychologist and you're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, well, what does crazy mean? It's psychotic. It's out of touch with the reality. <laughs> and you are psychotic. Okay, and he's kind of bristling a little bit, and he goes, what are you talking about? I said, because you told me you don't trust anybody. I said, I don't. I said, dude, look out the window. Mm-hmm. You're, you're trusting the- you're, 40, <laughs> you're flying so fast. Yeah. You're at 40,000. And then I said, did you get yourself up here? Yeah. You're wow. trusting a couple of people up in that cockpit you've never met. You, yeah. There's, there's a guy that filled up this plane. How do you know it wasn't chocolate milk he put in there? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You trust people every day, but my hunch is you don't trust them where you feel personally mm. vulnerable. And I want to hear mm. your story. And then we unpack the story and you see <laughs> that he had a lot of reasons to not trust, but he never had regained the ability mm. to trust. And if you can't trust, mm. your world is going to be so small. That's it. Talk, you you used, uh, when we were getting ready to record, you were talking about trust when to give it, when to hold it back. I, I find so many leaders, my dad used to talk about this, that, um, you know, basically in our field of work, you know, because you have to be so entrusting and empowering to be a great leader. Yeah. And, you know, the image that I've always kind of had in my head, you know, Jesus on the cross, his arms are spread out so people have access to his heart. That unless you can, you know, lead with your heart, expose, yeah. so to speak, you can't really lead because there, there's a level of vulnerability and authenticity and a genuineness that in order to be a good leader, you gotta, you gotta have that. Talk to me about why. And another, if you think about it, a hidden metaphor in there is he made himself vulnerable to the whole world. Yeah. Mm. He wasn't choosy. And what happened? Right. Wow. Right. He got killed. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so you follow him along the roads and the pathways and he's going through the land teaching and there are times he said he did not tell them everything that he was going to tell that particular group because he knew their hearts. Mm. He did not entrust himself to them. Yep. And so if, if you think about the subtitle of the book, there's four c- categories really that context in which or um, you know, ways we need to think about trust. The first one is it's so important. Mm. Um, when to give it. Right. When and to give trust. When to give it. Secondly, when to withhold it. Because mm. you're not trying to die for the whole world. <laughs> <laughs> right. You're right. Trying to live yeah. Only one guy is able to do that. that. Someone already did that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So there are there is very important to know who am I not gonna trust. Mm. And we all have we all have looking back in our video of our life, we have train wrecks because we trusted the wrong person. Yep. Mm-hmm. That we got betrayed or hurt or yep. something happened. Yeah, Nate, yeah. But keep going. <laughs> yeah. Classic. Okay. <laughs> okay. Dude, Nate, if you Google the word blame. 
<laughs> Pull it up next time. <laughs> when to withhold it. Yep. And then the third thing is how do we earn it? Mm. And, fourth, and fourthly, how do we repair it when it's been broken? Damn. And if you think of, um, it, and here's one of the reasons I wrote the book was because if you think of those four things, you know, we got to give it, we got to withhold it. Sometimes we got to earn it and we got to fix it, mm. you know, when it gets broken that most people, if you do the, you know, if you do the, the whoever on the street, you know, where they walk up and say, Oh yeah. What's yeah, the yeah. capital of the U S yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, Kimmel, goes, uh, yeah. Yeah. Boise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. If you ask people, <clears throat> Tell me what it means. If you trust somebody, what does that mean? And such big percentage of the time, what you'll hear is, well, it means that, that you can believe somebody. You know, that, mm. that and it kind of gets reduced yeah. to... Honesty and trust gets yeah. flipped, yeah. Honesty, you know, he'd never lie to me. I trust him. Mm. You know, can I, can I give him this information? I trust him. And it gets reduced to a moral construct. Mm. Mm. Wow. Mor- moral and ethical construct. And absolutely, I mean, morals and ethics in dealing with somebody, that's foundational. If you got somebody on your team or you're doing business with and they lie, cheat, or steal, they don't even have permission to play. They, they should yeah. not be yeah. there. That's right. yeah. You can't deal with a liar. Right. right? But <clears throat> when my girls were five years old, they knew not to lie, cheat, and steal, but I wasn't going to trust them to drive my car. Right, right, York, right, right, right. <laughs> right. Or with the money or anything like that. So what, what it, I've had to kind of write down somewhere was to give a map for people to know the the algorithm of what happens in a relationship and performance and, and those mm. go together right yeah results and relationships yep. but w- what is the algorithm that we have to check off the boxes to know can i trust this person with this can I hire this person for this? Can I promote this person? Mm-hmm. Can I do a deal with this person? Yep. And then we flip it around and we have to we have to be able to check, check the, the boxes. boxes. So our customers, our stakeholders, yeah. our mm-hmm. investors, the people we lead, they gotta trust us because the, the neurobiology of trust mm. is basically that the human organism is wired all the way through your spinal column twenty four seven asking one question. Before any other question, am I safe? Right. Yeah, I love this. Wow. I love this. And so, and we don't even, there's so many ways in which you're wired to pick up on safety. Mm. For example, you've been breathing for the last 15 seconds. I haven't seen any of you (laughs) look around going, am I breathing? Right, 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 right. Can I be careless or should I watch myself, right? But if you were probably before you know it consciously, if you picked up a fume, mm. your mm. system would instantly hit pause. Wow. Now, what it's doing is preparing for danger. Mm. And when the system, everybody knows this, prepares for danger, it hits pause and it either does what? Fight, fight, fight or freeze. flight. Now, let's take fight, flight, or freeze into leadership. Mm. If somebody's not fully trusting their leader, fight, what does that look like? When they're going to shoot you, they're going to resist your idea. Yeah. They're going to fight where you're trying to lead them. Hmm. Or flight, they're going to silently make wow, a wow. nod on the outside, but they're unplugging from you. Yeah. yeah. Wow, and yeah. then they're going to talk to whoever at the at the, the, the coffee machine. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Or in your case, the coffee shop. Like, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. 
or they're going to freeze. They're not going to know what to do. Yeah. Analysis and analysis. Yeah. Fight, flight, or freeze. Yeah. And so basically, mm. you know, we use those terms all the time, but let's operationalize those. And it's in leadership. You know what? You know what having somebody that is resisting you looks like. You know mm. what somebody that's unplugging from you and you've lost engagement mm. or they're not following through. And you know what somebody just, they're stuck. Yeah. So trust is is it's everything for leaders, yeah. but the problem is that our trust muscle is broken and we trust when we shouldn't. Mm. Wow. And we try to earn trust in ways that don't work. Mm. <laughs> and we don't have a good way a lot of times of evaluating you know, charm is deceitful. Yeah. Yep. Somebody can be very attractive in, in everything they do. And be, oh gosh, guys, most brilliant yeah. guy. I was was called in as a consultant to a board one time that was hiring a new CEO. <clears throat> Excuse me. And and the and they'd had you know preliminary meetings and done all this stuff. And so it's kind of the final interview before the board. And so I sat in there, and you know the board's got questions, but the board had prepped me. This is our guy. This guy's so amazing. I mean, he's so and he. I mean. It, he was, you know, the package looked really, really good. So I was all excited to hear, you know, yeah, the equivalent of the business LeBron coming. Yeah, out. yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so we sit down and 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 they start asking about his the plan and his vision for you know we go through all this stuff and and so he's talking and I'm slowly starting to feel like I need to take a shower. Oh, <laughs> wow. I'm getting slimed and yeah. I didn't know how to put it into words yeah. exactly what wow. it was other than in my line of work, you know, it's not that I'm so smart, but after you've, it's, it's you know, it's like a Experience. doctor, you've seen yep. that enough, you know, that's, you know, E. coli infection. Right? Yeah. And so I'm sitting there and, and it came to questions and I said, yeah, I got a question. Um, tell me about your weaknesses and how you think they would affect the organization in the particular role that we're talking about. Mm. He looks at me and it looked like a deer in the headlights. <laughs> and it wasn't because he was scared. Just because he didn't know what I was talking about. Right. Yeah. Me have a weakness. Yeah. It was that kind of, and then he kind of, you know, gathers himself and he says, well, I guess I'd say my, my biggest weakness is, you know, I really move things forward, and I'm just a charger. That's such a weakness. That's, <laughs> that's just if this is how they the tell worst. you to talk. In you know, my biggest right? weakness. I just work too hard, and I just lay down my life, and I just care too I, much. I, I, really. I just care. Yeah, I just my biggest weakness. I just I listen to everybody, and sometimes that's what he said. And, and and the board's falling in luck. Know, I'm trying to get the. The, the real e the ether to wear off the board, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Drunk in love with this yeah. guy. Hit the Nick Saban. This is this is. You all may be taking the week off, but I'm not. <laughs> there you go. There you go. So, I said exactly what you just said. I said, I'm sorry. That sounds like a strength to me. And I literally, I mean, he had a way of kind of like, like, just it was all about how good he was and it it wasn't even people weren't going he's braggadocio or anything it was he was smoother than that he could he could he could seduce people without know that they're drinking the kool-aid right and so you know after the interview the board's coat we got him this is the guy 
And I said, put it on the record. I want it in the minutes. No. I said no. Wow. I said no. When it when it goes bad and yeah, your name's on it. <laughs> And, and, you're, and getting, you're getting sued. By, I said, I, I am not. So, yeah. Well, don't you think a, that. But the, a year and a half later. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry. A year and a half later, he had taken him into bankruptcy. No. Wow. And a bunch of other stuff. But see, if, if you knew the algorithm of what to look for, mm. you would have smelled that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the worst thing that bad leaders do is they persuade people and they do it all the time we're going to persuade you how good this deal is my vision and this and the other right they persuade before they make people feel like that they're understood by them Mm. i was just going to say isn't it just it's so counterintuitive uh leadership can be that way that you think that you need to present yourself right yeah and it's almost as if if he could have just identified his weaknesses you know i got i have a tendency to do this i think this is something that i've noticed about myself that creates more safety. You know, what is it about that? 100%. That you just acknowledging your humanity or acknowledging your weakness? Because I think, you know, Craig Rochelle says all the time, but you're like, your weaknesses are no laughing matter. So you got to take them seriously. But they're on full display. Other people aren't laughing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. But they're on full display. Whether you like it or not, everyone that works with you and knows you knows your weaknesses. Right. And so you might as well acknowledge and... And, and, and have a laugh, have a go at yourself because other people are laughing. And I think... Well, well I, I like to think about if, if your weaknesses, if you and your weaknesses don't have a relationship with the people that see them, that's, that's when you're screwed. Right. But if wow. you and I are talking about my weaknesses, right. then now I got somebody on my side to help me with my weaknesses and I'm on his side to protect him from my weaknesses. Right and now That's I can really trust you. So good. Can, can we just, uh, that, also, how, about, how about that right there? That's <laughs> that guy's going to say, we have a fifth member of the podcast. I <laughs> yes. Let's hear. acknowledge. Introduce your dog. What is your dog's name? Uh, Finley. Come. Is that, like, eating. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm eating right now. I'm having breakfast. You guys are having your fake coffees. I'm over here having my real breakfast. <laughs> Hey Leaners, it's April, and as you may or may not know, we are partners over here at Leadership Lean-In with HelloFresh, and we love HelloFresh. It is a farm fresh and pre-portioned ingredients and recipe box that gets delivered right to your door, um, so you don't have to worry about going to the grocery store, meal planning, meal prepping. HelloFresh does it just for you. I personally love HelloFresh because, you know, we talk about it on Leadership Lean In all the time. Time is valuable and our time and energy, you know, it means a lot. So to not have to think about all of those extra things like going to the grocery store, planning out the meals, you can eliminate all of that with HelloFresh and you can pick. They have some preset weekly recipes, 40 weekly recipes that you get to choose from. So you're still picking what you want for dinner, but you're not coming up with it out of thin air. So we love HelloFresh over here at Leadership Lean In, and you can go to hellofresh.com slash lean65 and use code lean65 for 65% off plus free shipping. I got to say that again to make sure you get it. 
go to hellofresh.com slash lean65 and use code lean, that's L-E-A-N 65 for 65% off plus free shipping. You should definitely check it out. Guys, HelloFresh is America's number one meal kit. So you should definitely do that. We love HelloFresh. Let's head back to the episode. Yeah, I've got a Doberman. We have a Doberman. She's a family dog, and um, she'll be over here in a second. And we can. Yeah, we'll hang out. Um, you know, Finley's got this trust thing wired, though. She knows when, <laughs> when somebody comes to the door, she knows when to give it, and she knows when to withhold it. There we go. There you... Yeah, because she's got the sniffer. Yeah, and kids are this way, too. Like, that's why I get a little embarrassed when the kid's, like, you know, crying and, 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 and doesn't want me to hold him. I'm like, what's wrong with me? What did yeah, I do? yeah. I read my Bible this morning. Well, <laughs> maybe, maybe. I mean, they they may sense you're kind of there and not there, right? But, and this is what's key, it's not always about the person being untrustworthy. Mm. Right. Sometimes our trust muscle is broken, and we have false negatives. That's great. So you see people that can't trust somebody yeah. or don't trust somebody when it's really their problem not that the other wow. person's not trustworthy yeah in fact we we should sort of go through the yeah i want to go through that. those because i i like you you know i want to break down um i really love the motives bucket yeah. and i want to get into that because i think trust is gained so much of trust for me is given to people i can tell that their motives are to serve or to help and we kind of are so put off by the narcissistic leader i think the other yeah, one i want to back to that earlier phrase What's that person's motive yeah. for taking the CEO role that you're going to offer? Because they want to be a leader. That's right, it. Right. How about the passion and the mission of the organization? That's Let's it. put that on the list somewhere. Right. right? And, and track <laughs> record. I think that's a big yeah. one. Talk to me. How did you develop these? Um, give, me the, give me the buckets again. Uh, okay. So when, from, what I did was I, there's, you know, what, I hate to say how many decades now of sitting in war rooms with people. So war rooms. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of miles, you know, and all this. Right. But, um, you know, since I, I, I'm a clinical psychologist by training, but I, I, I did my, my doctoral PhD in leadership personality. Oh, wow. And have been working with leaders since my first job. Mm. And so for that reason, you know, I've always been a nerd and a geek <laughs> about, about the leadership research. Mm. But then, because I'm a clinician, my sweet spot was, wait a minute, where does human functioning and leadership have an interplay? Right. Because you look at the leadership literature, mm. which is very, very important. If you're going to lead anything, you need to know the science of all that. Yeah. Um, there are things you need to know as a leader, just like right. if you're good in tech, you know technology, but now because you're so good, they're giving you people to manage and lead. Right now, you got two jobs. Right, right. so you got to learn leadership like you learn tech. But here's the problem: leaders have to go out in this place called reality, <laughs> right, and do that stuff. And you're doing that with humans. And yeah. so for me, it became really, really important to find out because the leadership literature a lot of times doesn't doesn't look at because it's not its field doesn't look at the science of how humans actually operate, right. how their brains work and their hearts mm. and minds and souls. And so what I've always tried to do is is be kind of the middle space and, and focus Great. on how, you know, in leadership you learn about execution and strategy and all that. Right. Well, how does, 
how does a human being actually, how does their brain execute a strategy? Wow. And so that became important to me. So I um, really got into the neuroscience and the, excuse me, the neurobiology and the psychology and all of that about how trust actually works. Yeah. And the real truth is that humans are wired to trust. We have to be. If a baby doesn't trust when they pop out of the womb, their lifeline's been snipped. Yeah. Right. yeah right. It got cut, Absolutely. baby. <laughs> that yeah. fast. So now you're depending on another person. Right? Yeah. Well, do you know that your system is wired neurologically from day one, biologically from day one, to put you on a drug trip to trust? Mm. Wow. You have all this stuff that releases the biggest one, oxytocin. Mm-hmm. And it starts to go through the baby's brain and they fall in love with this person who's yeah. got the good stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Later in adolescence, you ought to worry about that. But <laughs> <laughs> And then guess what happens with with mama? Same Her oxytocin goes off the charts. Yep. Wow. And you got this dyad with mirror neurons in the brain in this dance and what's happening both of their systems are opening up and they're creating an attachment wow wow the mechanisms are no different with a 40 year old year old talking to investors wow jeez and so we got to begin to think about how do humans trust mm. and so what i do is i try to kind of factor analyze all the dynamics of trust and put them into um you know a simple my big thing because I work with leaders and companies is if I can just get all the complicated crap and they don't even read journals about, you know, oxytocin, <laughs> right? Right. But if we can have a few simple anchors, that's really actionable and you can train people. That's mm-hmm. right. And so that's where the model came from. Wow. So it's just five things that drive trust. Name all five. Okay. Understanding. Yep. Number one is understanding. Yep. We trust people when we feel understood. Mm. Now, here's the big deal that leaders go, well, yeah, I understand my employees. I know what they need. That's (laughs) not going to work, baby, because now you're going to go convince them that you can do what they need. Mm. What has to happen is I know you understand them, but they have to understand that you understand. Ah. So so it's not about it's not about um, being understood. So I don't gain trust if people understand me. I have to give away my understanding. I have to lean into their world to understand them. To understand them. Yeah, right. So, so is, is it less about having what they need and more about hearing first what they need? First. Is them first, understanding first. that you're that you're hearing. That you're listening, yeah. that you're hearing, because that is the deepest root of all the systems. Mm. And so I was talking about this one day in a leadership conference, and a guy walks up to me and, and says, um, so everything you just talked about, he said, I'm the lead hostage negotiator for the FBI. Wow. And everything you just talked about is our entire training program. I said, what do you mean? He said, well, you know, a guy's got a bomb strapped to him, and he's got 20 hostages in a bank. Mm-hmm. I'm the guy that goes in, or people like me. And he said, we don't walk in and start to persuade. We don't go, dude, this is a bad idea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. You know, what, are you crazy? <laughs> we walk in, and we say, hey, I'm Joey, and, and they um, – sent me in here to to talk to you. Tell me your name. And they get the name and say, so how we get here today? Yep. What's going on? Mm. And they start to listen. Mm. And then 
the more they listen, the more exactly what the book of Proverbs says out the a person's heart is deep waters. That's and right. A person of wisdom draws, draws it out. out. Wow. Otherwise, so you're good. trying to put persuasion into a pot of deep stuff, but there's a lid on it. <laughs> so you good. You haven't opened up their heart yet. So good. Wow. So interesting. They're not with so you. So good. You got to identify, make them mm. know that you understand love that. what they need. So if you have a vendor, for example, they can sell you their product, and but they might have, you know, whatever they do, but if you don't feel like they understand your business and what you need and what causes you pain and what causes you hurt, it's going to break down. Yeah. So good. So the first one's understanding. The second one is somebody can understand you, but they might be a predator and they'll use that. seductively. That's exactly right. The CEO, anybody all the way down to the, to the predators going to hit on a child. Hmm. It's like there's a seduction in understanding, and mm-hmm. the reason that seducers yeah. use it is because it works. Causes yes, yeah. right for their benefit. Say that again. For their benefit. Number two, what's their motive? Mm. Wow. See, if I feel like it's for somebody else's benefit, if our relationship is all about you mm. and your benefit, then I'm not going with you. Mm-hmm. But if I feel like, certainly you have interests in this, but if I feel like you want me to win, mm. right? you want me to thrive, yeah, great. you want this to work for me, Yep. now we've checked the second box that my relationship with you is not all about you, it's about both of us. Mm. And you're going to have my back when I'm not in the room. Yeah, great. That's great. So if I know, mm. let's, let's take a, a vendor or let's you know let's put it inside of a company if r&d is kind of and i've seen this happen many times sales what's the class sales and marketing is out there selling stuff that they had that the product didn't even have those features <laughs> <laughs> customer says we yeah, want yeah, it yeah. to fly on mars yeah oh yeah we can do that you well, know mars yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah. easy we can you go know. to venus too <laughs> yeah. way past elon what's <laughs> <laughs> mars that's so good and then then the the sale thing comes in and R and D goes. Are you kidding me? We, we can't build that in by the time this thing is lost. Mm. And so they're they're not understanding each other's needs, mm. nor are they thinking what the other one needs to win. Mm. And all the salespeople care about is driving the numbers up, and their motive is just for them. In an organization around the, especially around the C suite or any other department, if that team is not, and this is what I have teams do a lot of times. I want to know how well each team member can articulate what the other one needs from them to win. Mm. That's so great. Jeez. So good. Because now I am for you. Yep. So what if, what if sales is, was, was saying, I wonder what R&D really needs to be able to pull this off. And you know what? I'd love to do that. Let me go talk to my people. Mm. And goes back inside and talks to the people and find yeah. out what they're going to need to pull that off. Well, then maybe we can all go to the CFO and find that money. But now we're a unit and it's based on yeah. trust. Building yeah. trust. So the agenda, you know, when a marriage mm. feels, you know, if a wife feels like the marriage is all about him and what he wants oh, man. or vice versa, you don't have a, you don't have a mm. marriage mm. Right? Right. or a company or a team or anything. So motive and intent. Mm. 
So, I, so there's understanding. I mean, you've bought a used car in your life, right? Yeah, I have. You know the difference between <laughs> one that's trying, all they care about is getting to sales. That's exactly yeah, right. right. And, and I and I bought a lemon. Yeah. And it, <laughs> I was about 20 of them, and that's when I understood sales. <laughs> yes. I'll never get God again. So there's understanding. There's motive. What's the next one? The third one is competency. Mm. Now, this is... Uh, and the interesting thing about this one is it is so contextually important. And what I mean by that is most people we know are competent in something. And so they're competent in something and we trust them because they're competent in something. We trust them with the next thing. Wow. Wow. Hmm. But, but the links might not. It's together. context dependent. How interesting. Jeez. Okay. For example, <clears throat> um, I just had two knee replacements and I went, Finally found a doctor I felt like I understood. Mm. <laughs> you know, instead of, yeah, I read your MRI. I understand these things here. Make me, you know, make the appointment. The one I heard understood. He said, so mm. dude, tell me, I saw your MRI. How are you walking around? Wow. This must be terrible. Mm. When does the pain start? Wow. I felt like he got me. Yep. And then mm. I felt like, you know, his motive was, he said, I got to get you back on the golf course. You're wow. a competitive golfer. Come <laughs> this on, is my man. guy. I so like great. this guy. Yes, he's for me. Okay, so we checked the first two boxes. Right? Yeah. He, he understands me. His motive's yep. good. Yep. And then he says, well, and I'm excited to schedule this surgery because I've always wanted, you know, I'm an OBGYN. I've never done a knee before. <laughs> <laughs> well, test, test it out on me. Yeah, exactly. My knees are great for you. <laughs> so we've got to, we've got to contextualize the, comp yes. the competency thing. I, it's really I, good. I got called into a company <clears throat> where, the new CEO had come on, and things were kind of after a year. You know, the board was saying, you know, morale is down, the energy is kind of different, and we need he needs some coaching. And I said, well, t tell me about him. And they said, well, he, he was our COO for 10 years, and we promoted him to CEO. And I said, why would you promote him? He said, he was, oh. he was a and great they, CEO. He was <laughs> unbelievable. Wow. The supply chain you know, distribution, mm. getting things, efficiencies, wow. factories around the world, you know, all this kind of stuff. And so we, we promoted him from COO to CEO. And I said, where do you get the E? <laughs> and he goes, what? <laughs> <laughs> we just told just, you he's the uh... CEO. Do you know what that means? Yeah. I said, I understand. He has the title of CEO. He was the COO, but he moved. Where did he get the E? Wow. And they mm. said, well, we promoted him. <laughs> we, we gave, gave him, him the him. Him. <laughs> It's honorary. Yeah. <laughs> it's on it's the door. Yeah. So, of course, he's well, got the E. Well, everything you've described is wow. where he's failing is in executive functions mm. of being the brain of the organization. You promoted him, but what we've got to do is either find out if these E functions can be developed in him or mm. that's just not who he is. Mm. But right now, you're going to continue to fail until you get an E Jeez. in the CEO chair. Wow. And so you've got to look at the competency for what I'm trusting you for. Yeah. Chad, I trust you. Oh, man. If I want to, if I want to have the biggest anti-God person in the world, <laughs> you know, who thinks I'm crazy for being one of those faith people. Yeah. And I want him to go sit down and hear somebody preach. I trust you, man. Mm. I'm bringing them there. Mm. But if I got to play Rory and Tiger <laughs> wow. in a four ball, 
I'm not I'm not bringing the call, right? So, <laughs> and I love playing golf with you. But you're not coming. You know, a, a friend of mine asked me um, to, his daughter and his boyfriend, they've been together for a while, and he loves the kid. And, and he said, he, he just called me and wants to take me to dinner. He's going to ask for our hand. He said, what do I do at that dinner? And I said, I, I don't know what you're going to do. I said, I got two daughters, and I know what I'm going to do. He said, what? And I said, I'm going to listen, and obviously I'm going to like him if we get to that point. I would have known him by then, but but I'm going to listen and say, well, this is, you know, this sounds really, really good. I want to have another dinner, and I want you to bring me your last two years' tax returns and your credit report. Mm. And he starts laughing. He goes, yeah, right. I said, I'm dead serious. Yeah. Wow. He said, I'm not getting, that's so intrusive. I'm not going to ask to see the kids. I said, tell him to white out the numbers. I don't care what the numbers are. I want to know, does he have them? Can he find them? Yeah. Yep. So does he find them? That says a lot. That says a lot. And a credit report is going to tell me, and certainly there's a story that bad seasons can be explained, but a credit report is going to tell other people that entrusted treasure to him. That's right. How is he Treasure. So good. Because my daughter is my treasure. That's right. I love this. And that's competency. He may be the greatest boyfriend, but husbands Hello. have to have competencies in being husbands. My question with competency is always, you know, we talk about this a lot. I feel like this is a reoccurring. It's no, can I get a John Maxwell on this one, please, real fast? That everything rises and falls on leadership. Can I get the, uh, John Maxwell always says? John Maxwell always says. You know, we quote John a lot on the pod. We had to well, have the button. One of the things that we talk about a lot is, you know, you got a leader has, can they create chemistry in relationships? Do they have good character? You know, are they trustworthy? What's their capacity? How much can they handle? And then competency. My question, I feel like I th- these three we can teach. Can you teach competency? You want me to add one more? Story? Yeah, please, please. Do they fit the culture? Oh, yeah. Hello. That's a big one. Or can they work with the culture? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do they know it? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. Go, go but ahead. but my thing about competency, for some reason, there's a blockage in this bucket for me where I think you're either born with competency, but can you develop? Like, you, yeah. Can you help someone get smarter? You ever, have you ever gone to a six-year-old for neurosurgery? Yeah, no. Yeah. There's a reason for that. Yeah. Because it had to be developed. So you develop your ability to process information and have the ability to... Even the dexterity. You know, I've got a good right. friend who's a, a, a famous heart surgeon. And and he he was telling me about the, the training. You know, now he does quadruple bypasses mm. and drains the blood out of the body and freezes the guy to death so Jeez. he can operate so it doesn't bleed. And then they warm him back up alive again. What? And, <laughs> but he said that that they start... And just learning how to make a cut mm. in the way that it's got to be made. And I can't remember exactly what you told me, but how long, and I, you're, I think you're starting on lemons or something. Not, yeah, how yeah. to peel a grape. And, yeah, <laughs> and then you move to dead people and you work on cadavers. And then, yep. so all sorts of competencies. Mm. And that's the thing about leadership development is we don't focus enough on the competencies, competencies that actually make it work. Mm. And they could be business, they can be leadership, they can be human. But everything we know, if you do the research on the C-suites, they all look the same. Mm. Everybody at some yeah. level 
their IQs, their their knowledge of the business, the industry, their acumen, their understanding of marketing and finance and blah, 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 blah. But there's only a certain percentage of those that rise to great heights. And the, the difference in that delta is always the makeup of the person. Mm. Right. It's the personal competencies in all these different yes. areas we're talking. Mm. It's always a difference. So good. So you got understanding, you got to get the motive, the competency. What are the next two? The next one is character. And here mm. is a one. huge one. Here's a huge one. Because we think of character in a very truncated way. It's like I said earlier, we think of, you know, well, they got a good character, you know, they're, they're a good ethical. Moral system. Yeah. They're a good Excuse person. They're, yeah, they're a good person, ethical, moral, this and mm. the other. But does... now. Can you expand the word character to mean what it actually means, which is how this person's glued together, and what kind of arc do they produce mm. over time? If you watch, you know, if you go to Netflix tonight and turn it on, you know, hit pause, and you see all the frames? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You have different characters. Yeah. And there's going to be, and maybe two or three of them are all equally moral and ethical, but the arc of what they do in that story mm. It's going to be very different. Yes. And that's what we're talking about. So I had a brother-in-law who was a Navy SEAL. We lost him in, he was a brother I never had, and we Mm. lost him in Iraq in Mm. 08. But Mark was amazing. Mm. He'd come home and say, tell tell me a Mark story. Oh, well, we jumped out of a plane at 40,000 feet, (laughs) full scuba gear on, went through the oxygen level, you know, hit the ocean, went down to the bottom, took a nap because we'd been (laughs) up for three days. Six of us boarded one of the synonymous ships and, you know, turned around and took it to the holding station. And, and then we had breakfast. And then we had breakfast. And, and, and we had some fake coffee. Yeah. <laughs> That's real fake coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The other day. So if I'm going to have to trust somebody, the bad guys are coming after me, I'm sending Mark. Yeah. And we're, we're talking about character. Why? Because a lot of people can shoot a gun. A lot of people can jump out of an airplane. But the kind of character and personal makeup it takes to go do what those guys do mm. is particular to specific contexts. Okay? When when Mark and Sarah went through their premarital counseling, <laughs> they both flunked the sympathy scale on the test <laughs> <laughs> that the pastor gave them. Yeah, yeah. And he's going, Who's gonna who's gonna be you know, empathic in this relationship yeah. laughing about it? <laughs> But seriously, if I were in the dark night of the soul and I was, you know, and had just something bad happened, I need some support. I'm not calling Mark. He's going to say, dude, get over it. Let's go have some beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> little David Goggins on it. I'm yeah. going to call yeah. somebody else for that context. That's who I'm going to trust with maybe more vulnerable feelings. Even though Mark would be supportive, but not maybe in the way I need. But my vulnerable, you know, caring friend i'm not sending them after the bad guys and so yes we, yeah. we would think and we would promote and we would hire they're such a good person yeah. wow. but do they have the makeup mm. if you're going to do a turnaround situation wow and you've got somebody who's really performed in one area and you're going to give them that role but you don't look at their character because here's the deal what if it's somebody that needs a lot of attaboys or attagirls mm. yeah. that yeah, yeah. needs a lot of positive feedback this turnaround thing is not going to have any good news for a year. Mm. Right. They're going to die. Yeah. It's going to be down. Versus, yeah. you know, other people's like, give me the next one. 
next problem. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you right. know, and they don't want to talk to anybody else because they've right. got the the perseverance and to do that. So we have to look at how somebody's glued together. Yes, interesting. Before we trust them yes. for specific things. And it's okay to yeah specifically. That's what I'm gonna say is I trust this person to be this friend or this type of employee and I trust this person. I think that's it's really good to identify what can I trust you with. Exactly. I mean, what you know, if you look at all these like just take something um very simple and very complicated like mm. marriage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that is so good. Something very simple and very, very complicated. Oh, you know, like marriage <laughs> it's so simple yeah. we don't even require training <laughs> that's right and people do it every day on trust i saw i saw a clip the other day that, that, that um i forget where these people were from and they were interviewing maybe that like uh ukraine or something it was in and, and they were saying how no sorry mormon they're from utah and they're saying, you know, your neighbors, how long did they know each other before they got engaged? And they said, one week. And they said, how are they doing now? Yeah, they have five kids. They've never been happier. Yeah. Wow. One week. One week. But so they, you know what? I mean, you follow. You follow. Or that's the case. Yeah. You follow a thousand people into any casino. Somebody has never been to Vegas before. There's going to be one that puts it on red and walks out with a pile of money. So all the exception does is prove the rule. Mm. Or. That person is so wired together in a good way that they're patterning in life. Mm. And I talk about this in the book that our mental maps really set us up to either trust the right people or the wrong people. Wow. That's where we need to do the work. Wow. It's very possible that both of them is a perfect match and it didn't take any vetting. Right. Now I tell people all the time in, in that, in that scenario, they get sure that he or she's the one early on. And I say, that is fantastic. So I want you to wait a year. No, mm. we're sure. We're sure. Great. If they are, they'll still be here. In a year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. This is why, like, there's a word in the Bible that gets used all the time that, that it's called God will test you. Mm. Or you'll be tested. Mm. And the word is not, give you a test and if you get a passing grade you know you get the cookie right it's like if you're a fisherman you got a 25 pound test line mm. means that when we tested it it so can good. handle 25 to pounds yeah. but catch a 26 pound fish so good you're either gonna lose it or you're going overboard right oh so, i love that yeah that's great so we have got to be testing to know what kind of whatever can i entrust to this mm. person and what i was going to say about marriage is see we all get you know whether it's business or marriage or friendship or investments or whatever we can get duped in this algorithm yeah by things being loaded on one of the one of the uh factors right you can have somebody that, that wants to come serve you, and, and they, they really do. And their motive is to come help your company, and they'll come alongside you. Oh, needed somebody. But they flunk a couple of these categories, and then mm. a year later, you're like, oh, I know they cared, but good night. What did I do? <laughs> and, and, yeah. and so that, you know, when I said 
getting married is simple but really complex. What I meant was that we are wired to trust. And so mm. it's a very simple transaction. You've That's right. You you fall in love with somebody, but that might be because you're really really screwed up. Mm. Mm. Right. In in terms of you've got patterning in your head mm. that falls in love with the wrong thing. So good. So one of those functions <clears throat> they fulfill for you and the rest are horrible but all you can see is that their character, they're competent yeah. enough, and so. Or you're so in need mm. of that one thing. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That there you go. That you you know need drives so many bad decisions Jeez. because in nice. the in the algorithm in between or the equation in between need and the object that I'm going to decide to need the person is a lot of. See, there's emptiness, right? And what we know about the psychology of emptiness in a vacuum in a person is that it can get fueled with idealization. And so mm. what we'll do is because I need so much, I will only see the positive in you right. and idealize mm. you. And then I, you know, once I drink the Kool-Aid, wow. I find out the rest of you. Yikes. And that's where I'm screwed. And and it mm. can it can happen. Wow. And I don't even mean in nefarious ways. I'm no. just right, about, right, right. Yeah. You know, we trust people that that let us down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I like that you said we're we're wired to trust. I really I I think that that's so important um, because I think uh, you know you run into the guy on the plane that's like I don't trust anybody, and I'm I, I like like you. I'm like you're insane. I don't think that's that. It's a really scary place. I know people are going to hurt you. People are going to let you down. You got to heal from that. You got to move on. You but know, we're wired to trust. You know that you can have a car wreck. Yeah, that doesn't okay, mean stop. It, you don't stop driving. That's exactly right. But you drive carefully. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you drive carefully. And that's what I'm trying to do. Is yeah. just give a simple so good driver's ed. Yes. Like, here's the lanes to stay in. Yeah, so good. You know, just stay in these lanes. There's and, one and, last. You know, that, you, go ahead. One of the other, because um, I know we're talking to a lot of leaders in business and even in 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 your your business, of you're trying to offer something to the world, mm. right? And so many people are trying to market and they're trying to sell, <laughs> yeah. right? Right. Okay. If you and your people sat every day, mm. and every time somebody walks in our door. Or every time we call on somebody, or every time they call us, do they feel really heard mm. and listened to? Do they feel like we're in it to help them? Mm. Motive? Do they feel like we can pull off what we're asking them to trust us for? Do they sense that we've got the personal makeup that's going to make this turn out well? And we didn't get to the fifth one yet. But what's our track record? There you go. Hmm. That's what's where I wanted our to go. Track record? Because our minds, and this is all about the psychology of this, our mind, we operate in life out of mental maps. Okay? You were coming over here, you know, to, to do this today. And, and this morning I said, oh, crap, I got to text Chad the directions. And then I remember, no, wait a minute, he's been here. He knows how to get here. Why? Because you've been there, you've got a map in your yep. head, Yep. right? That's how you get to the refrigerator in the morning in the dark. Mm-hmm. You've been there before, <laughs> right? Oh, yep. I done that. Stubbed my toe every but time. But remember when you first, when you moved in that house for the first 
time. Oh, yeah. You don't walk as fast. Right. Yeah. Because you don't trust because you don't have a right. map yet. Right. It's good. And so we operate every interaction with somebody that you have. They're building unconsciously a mental map of who you are and what I can do with this person and what I can't. Wow. And so let's say a leader, you know, has an employee and they, the employee's got a problem and they go in and talk to the leader and the leader goes off on them or gets mad. How could you, you know, or, or what are you talking about? We, you know, and doesn't listen mm. right? or doesn't help or, or whatever it is. So that employee walks out of there and might not even be conscious of what his head is doing, but it's just created a map that always asks the question, what happened the last time I trusted this person. Mm. Mm. So then next week they got a problem. This is a big problem. Mm. And they go, oh, I should go talk to my... Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> Hit pause, fight or flight. Yeah. Flight. Or freeze. <laughs> and their map tells them don't do that. Yep. Yeah. And so here's another key thing about the maps that, that the book talks about. It's, it's, we can, we all will have failures and problems. Those can be overcome. Mm. Yeah. What can't be overcome is a pattern mm. because a pattern creates a map. If Mary is not late to the meeting, we start in the meeting at nine, Mary's not there, and Mary is somebody that always is there and always is on time. If it gets to be eight minutes after, everybody's going, she okay? Oh, she okay? Exactly. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. yeah. You're compassionate towards Mary because she's yes. got a track record. She's, good, she's there always you go. there. So a problem is nothing if you got a good pattern. That's right. Wow, that's but really But what good. about it gets to be 808 and Joey's not there. Go, let's get started. Well, Joey's not here. Well, yeah, well, right. Yeah. Joey's yeah. always here. Yeah. 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 Has Joey, Joey ever been here? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> He's a let's creative. Yeah. <laughs> so our patterns really, really, mm. really can make people careless with this in a good way. Yes, so good. Well, doctor, I, I just want to, you know, first of all, I get, he asked me right before we, I'm that guy. He's like, have you read it yet? And I was like, oh, I have not read it. I can't <laughs> wait to read it. I'll send you a digital copy, which I will read yeah. because I feel like um, the last time I left here, I left with a pile of books and I've been working through them. But I just want to say thank you for being someone in my life that I can trust. And when you talk about safety, to me, you your presence, your aura, your track record, to me as someone that's been safe that I feel like I can, I know others in my world have trusted you. So that also lends credibility. But every time I'm with you, um, I just, I sense a safe place. Um, so thank you for really, you know, living out your content and walking, you know, mm -hmm. I'm looking at what these five things and going, you know, I really see that in you. So there's authority for you to write it, not just from the the war rooms, but from the lifestyle that you live. So yeah. thank you for being that person in my life. Anything that you want to say um, to, we call them the leaners. <laughs> the Look lady. at the hoodie, leadership lean in. So our yeah. phrase is we're leaning into the subject of leadership just to get a little bit better. We can't promise perfection. That's so good. But Who as came up with that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, doc. <laughs> um, we always say, we cannot promise perfection, but as promised, progress. That's Just good. trying to get a little bit better. Anything you want to say to the leaners? Uh, well, if, if I make it specific to what we're talking about today, 
Um, I would take you back to look at your stakeholders. Mm. Okay. Who is it that needs to trust you and your leadership or maybe in your personal life or maybe your investors or maybe the customers, whoever it is. And it's like the subtitle. Number one, when should I give more trust to whom? Mm. And just check out these boxes. But ask the second question, who should I withhold it from? Very mm. good. And then the third one, how can I earn more? Because when you start to up the fuel in that trust muscle with somebody. Wow. Trust wow. muscle. It's great. going to make them sore. Yeah. <laughs> and then fourthly, who do I need to repair some trust with? Great. Wow. Yeah. Or who am I going to have to require from them? You've got to repair it with yes. me mm, so before good. we do this again. So good. And there's a whole path of doing that. And I tell you what, it's not. I'm going to tell you how you're not going to get me to trust you again by just saying, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. <laughs> right. That ain't trust enough, me, baby. I won't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Trust yeah. me. Trust me. I will not trust you. Yeah. <laughs> I want to hear sorry, but sorry just Show invites sorry. us to the table. That's right. That's great. Thank you so much, Doc. We love you. 101 episodes in. Leadership right. Leaning. We'll it's see great you soon. to be with y'all. And thanks for coming over here. And um, when you were saying all those nice things, Chad, I, I do have to say this, and I've actually lived this out. Um, being a person of faith, um, I have, most of my friends aren't. <laughs> and, you know, we love each other and, and just have great times. But in a way, I kind of always feel like, you know, they look at me like, yeah, how can you be one of those crazy <laughs> Jesus people you know and, but somehow they kind of skip over it right yeah so yeah like, yeah yeah we're gonna ignore that part and, and all this and but but frequently when I think of if I'm going to drag them to listen to somebody who can I trust mm. um, that can communicate God as I believe he really is and not in a way that's one of those Crazy people is nobody wants to be like. <laughs> and you do such a great job. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. I appreciate it. Well, uh, we're going to keep learning from the doc. Keep getting a little bit better. And as promised, a little bit of progress. See you next time.